Hey, it's Brian Curtis from The Ringer, and I want to tell you about the Press Box podcast. The Press Box is a podcast for anybody who likes news, whether it's about sports or politics or pop culture, and wants to understand how that news really gets made. We have new shows every Monday and Thursday. We have long interviews with everyone from John Krakauer to Joe Buck. Your social media feeds are bursting with information every day. Let us help you sort it out. Join us on the Press Box. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello, friends, and welcome to this golf podcast unlike any other. Oh, yes, my friends, we have done it. We are back. This is Fairway Rollin', a golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House. My birdie buddies, my eagle enthusiasts, my par-saving pals, I am joined as is our way by my incomparable accomplice, our PGA Tour boots on the ground. We are rolling from the West Coast to the East. The Florida swing is underway. Nathan Hubbard is here, two pegs in the ground. Off we go. Nate Dog. We talked about Jake Knapp. It's, I hope that everybody listened because... We're dumb about a lot of things. I was dumb about Mackenzie Hughes, for example. <laughs> but we weren't dumb about Jake Knapp. This dog had been coming for a while. I'd watched him 
strut his ass around the clubhouse. You'd watch him out on the course and just the effortless speed. And man, in round one and two, those ball striking stats were just off the chart. Great. Even as the putter was super mediocre. And then suddenly that round on Saturday, he went from 82nd in putting on Friday to first in putting on Saturday. That was enough to cover for a pretty shaky Saturday where it, or Sunday where he at least hung in there and closed it off. That's about all we have to say about Mexico House. <laughs> well, we said we said a bunch of other names, but I am glad we had a few of the birdie buddies come out of the woodwork and say, yo, thanks for putting nap in, hey, in, in, Doug in the, Gim? Doug Gim yeah. we talked about. He was a T8. The Woo Woo Parlay. I mean, Dylan Woo was 24th. Brandon Woo was 13th. T13. Yeah, you, you would have had to have played that parlay as a top 30 played alongside of a top 20. The, t- yeah. the double top 20 didn't hit. But listen, this was a quasi glorified Corn Ferry Tour event. Mm-hmm. And the course is unfortunately not particularly interesting. Although the 10th hole seems super hard, I just didn't get from the coverage on the ground why it was really that hard. It's not that the announcers weren't trying. You just couldn't really see anything. There weren't holes to fall in love with. I know the guys feel feel wonderfully well taken care of by by the tournament and Grupo Salinas. And, Grupo? Uh, and, and the resort at Vedante is awesome. And so I think everybody has a decent time down there. Other than that, there's not a whole lot on this course that feels like... Um, you know, something something that you want to write home about, House. Well, we will tip our hat to to Jake Knapp, and you know, eight uh, eight or nine starts on the the proper PGA Tour. Yeah, grabs it as a rookie, third rookie of this year to win. Last year, all of the over the course of the entire uh, calendar wrapping PGA Tour season, we only had three winners. We're, we're rookie winners uh, already in the calendar year 2024 three rookie winners jake knapp managed to get it done by hitting only two fairways this is part of why you nate doug circled him as a potential contender because you don't have to hit the fairway at um, uh vedante to win the golf tournament um and had negative strokes gained total on sunday one of only a handful of players over the last couple decades to to be able to pull off such a thing but he got it across the goal line yeah. the storytelling was good we liked yes. hearing the background about him it's part of the thing that the Nate dog has been uh pleading begging advocating for uh relentlessly please tell us some interesting stories about some of these interesting characters he's an interesting character there's a genuine you know he had um the 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 struggles that he had and overcame them PGA Tour winner, good times. Great job by by Jake Knapp. A- excellent job by Jake Knapp. It was the fewest fairways hit in the final round of a PGA Tour win in the last 40 years. Yes. <laughs> and and But he also led the field in strokes gained approach and did not miss a putt from five feet and in. And that's, those are both courtesy of our man, Justin Ray. But th- those are pretty impressive stats. It's fun to see guys struggle with the pressure of a PGA Tour tournament down the stretch on Sunday, even when it's the big fin uh, and and Jake Knapp going head-to-head. So if you like drama, you had it 
it looked like maybe Jake was going to fumble the bag, but he, like you said, he steadied himself enough on the back there, in particular coming down 14 and on, where, you know, hey, you, you play that in, in one under. Listen, he got to 18 and just was trying to get in the house. I think he could have birdied that if he needed to. But, uh, but it, it is, there is that ongoing drama on Sunday on the back nine, even at the Mexico Open, that for me is compelling television when these guys are playing for things that really matter. And the, the most telling moment of that whole tournament to think about how much this stuff matters to these guys was when Sammy just Dr. Whippies his drive on 18 under the fence. And you know, in that moment, he can't eagle. He's not going to make up a two-shot deficit. So he knows he's playing for second. And as soon as the rules official comes over, the first thing that he asks is not, do I get relief? And by the way, I think CT Pan, somebody else had gotten relief from that yeah. fence. Yeah. Uh, uh, he doesn't even ask about that. His ask is what, House? His ask is, where are the other guys below me? What are the scores? Because he starts thinking about how many points he can make if he stays in solo second and how transformational to his year this can be. Well, and that is one of the other themes thus far to the season that we're observing. We're seeing the DP World Tour players over here in uh, on, playing these PGA Tour events. Sammy and, and Bob McIntyre both, uh, yep. you know, top, Bob, top 10. Bobby Mac T6 and Pavon's won in an event and almost won a second. So, yes, right. This is the, the ongoing theme. Um, some names that, that, uh, you know, otherwise maybe not, um, tour folks familiar and this with. this is how it should be, right? You got Jake Knapp, a tour rookie. You got the DP world tour. Both of these Jake Knapp came from Corn Ferry Tour. These are the feeders where guys had to go earn it. They didn't get moved in. They had to earn it. That's the point I wanted to, to make. And, and that is, to me, one of the directions that uh, ultimately could produce the um, world golf sort of tour that is the most entertaining, most compelling. If you're telling me that these events, the stakes of these events is that qualifying up into the, the, the big leagues, then, you know, that, that has my interest. It's, right. it's, it's still, you know, uh, Sunday afternoon nap time. Yeah. Not to make a bad pun on nap, but, um, yeah, you know, the, 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 the feeder concept of it for sure. Um, if, if, if we're going to have these kinds of, of, you know, second tier field events, um, then that well, has to, you have to play that up. Let's, let's be clear. I think the tour is really happy. All this shit didn't happen last year. I mean, Jake Knapp had the shortest odds of any winner on tour this year so far. If all of this had happened last year, you could have had more than Justin Thomas on the outside looking in. You could have had real players who might not have qualified for some of these elevated events in a year in which you really, really needed them. And, by the grace of these Grayson Murrays and Jake Knapps and Pavons of the world, Nick Taylors, you suddenly have a bunch of guys sitting up high in the Comcast Business Top 10 of the FedEx Cup, who, all those guys aren't in the Top 10, but they're pretty close, who are definitely going to displace some guys who qualified for the Top 50. I mean, I, I think the Tours data was going to look a little weird 
if not for these winners, because you're already seeing them for the next couple of events, adding more spots to the field. They've gone from 144 to 156 at Valero uh, because the Corn Ferry Tour guys are not getting starts. And as they look ahead, maybe they're going to get starts, as we talked about at Rocket in Detroit or 3M in Minneapolis, down the line. Maybe John they'll Deere. get as some guys back out in the way that they did this week when they start to feel more comfortable. But do not underestimate that Justin Thomas miss of the FedEx Cup had as big an impact on guys' schedules as anything else, as the schedule itself, as the elevated events, as anything. These guys do not want to be on the outside looking in. And this Mexico event was really the first one where guys said, I don't have to play it. It's also why the Cognizant, formerly Honda, that we're going to see this week, has somebody like Rory in it, because he's going to play that leading into API, leading into the players. He needs he needs to get going and, and, and get some reps. So very interesting to see the impact. It is good timing for the tour to have Rory um, show up. He has won at this venue. I mean, you know, yes. he, he, he he has played well at this at, at PGA National before. The one observation that I will make um, in terms of comparing last year to this, we, we, we did have one guy win three of the first six events. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. And, and he's not on this tour anymore. And Scotty no. Scheffler also was, was you know, yes. won one of the... But, so, but again, Scotty's been in all these events so far. and yeah, his, He's his, been in a couple. His I wouldn't say putting, all of them. Yeah, but his poo-poo putting has not helped the kid. Right? Spieth has played a couple of these. Thomas yes. has been it, right? So Rory showed up and almost missed a damn cut, right? So I, I think it's interesting to see some of these guys play well early in the season. As it, now, now it's actually going to be fun to start watching the FedEx Cup standings because there's going to be some screws that are that are tightening around a few of the guys who right now are just sort of sitting at the bottom. I, I, all the guys who qualify for these elevated events are getting lots of points. And if you again, if you look at the top 25, you can see, oh, okay. There's Xander, who's kind of, met, you know, he's had a little bit of a meta. Sahith is hanging in there. A bunch of Sam Burns, like they've played fine, but really just in those elevated events, they're separated from the pack because they're getting a ton of points for participating in those elevated events. But 40% of the guys who are in the top 50 right now are not going to make it at the moment if, if everything ended today. So it, it, it let's, again, we're going to look at the end of the Florida swing. That's going to tell us a lot about how the tour's math worked out and how much turnover there's going to be. But you're going to have a few guys, if we keep getting these long-shot winners, you're going to have some guys who start to get nervous who may not make it to Eastlake who you would be used to seeing. Tommy Fleetwood is 52nd right now. Victor Hovland is 55th. Je Justin Rose is 56th. Tom Kim is 60th. Now, those guys are going to work their way back up, and you know that, that it'll come around. But we were saying that about Justin Thomas last year, and it didn't happen. And he he had every opportunity in the same way that he, these guys will yeah. As By the well, way, Rory McIlroy's ninety third. That would be the the biggest eye opener. We're, yeah, we're. I mean, so uh, we have been to, to your point about Jake Knapp as being the shortest odds winner. I what was he seventy five to one when when it when it uh, when the tournament started something along those lines. There was yeah. a little better odds than that. Yeah, but but some some guys some guys actually got him all the way up. I think to fifty, but still, ah. it, it's not a. Um, it, 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 it was not one of the ones that was on everybody's books. We know that. That's right. So um, 
we have been patient. I think the tour's been patient. It's time. Let's, uh, the, the West Coast is in our rearview mirror. We had one super noteworthy, outstanding performance on a Sunday at a, a championship venue, and that was Hideki at Riv. Right. We were deprived of a really awesome potential outcome at Pebble because of, of, of the weather. But we have two major winners interspersed with, with a handful of rookies. So that's, you know, good, good, good tidings. But now, right now we, we can taste the calendar's about to flip. Oh, you know, we're about to get daylight savings time here on the East coast. It's Augusta season. It's Augusta we're now season. leading into Augusta season. Yeah. That's which is why Rory is playing this week at PGA national, by the way, you know where else he played this week? The match. And he looked terrific. The park at the match. Yes, he looked terrific. He said, you know, I had some good shots. I think I might be able to build on this a little bit. And I, yeah, I said to him, oh, you think so, Rory? Did you hit some Jeez. good shots? So the so let's talk about the match. Um, I enjoyed it. I give it uh, two thumbs up. Let me let me hear your review. I'll, I'll give you some of my thoughts. No, let, let's give them to me because I, I, I agree completely. This was the most fun one. Yeah. And it just reminds us of all the things we talk about. It's really fun when the men and the women play together. It's really fun when it's a shortened thing. It's not so fun when DJ Khaled talks too oh. much, but Chuck is great. Yeah. And like Max was built for this. He just built was terrific. And the chemistry between everybody was fun. I mean, what's not to like? It was at night. Tons. Yeah, at night. Awesome. Playing under the lights at a public venue surrounded by the local community that featured lots of kids who were staying up past their bedtime. But here's the thing, right? Super easy fixes showing, revealing themselves to us. Let's get some team element going. We need we need to see some teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream rock. I would love to have seen, you know, Rory and Rose together on a couple holes or whatever. Can't have more than nine holes. For God's sake, everybody was dead tired you know, 10, 11, 12. And then there was a tiny bit of drama with, you know, the shootout thing on, on 12. But by then forgot it had been on for, for too long, make it nine holes, make it tight, take half of the people that you had assembled for that thing and get rid of them. Maybe forever. As far as I'm, you concerned. mean on camera people. Yeah. Catherine yes. Tappen, wonderful, um, sports media on camera talent, doesn't need to be part of this event um, ever again. DJ Khaled. Um, Shoot him into the sun. Congratulations for all you've achieved. Um, please don't come anywhere near anything having to do with um, this kind of thing again. Uh, Paul Bissonette, I think, is like a, you know, funny-ish guy. But, you know, he got, he got, sat, DJ Khaled sat on his face. Um, if it was just Chuck and Ernie and Trevor and one person um, perhaps traveling along. The thing to me that, that was compelling and what I liked was hearing the participants talk. Yeah. It was really, really nice to hear some Lexi. Guess who's great? Lexi. Lexi's great. She's great. Let her cook. Let her cook. That's exactly right. I mean, she three putts the first green, the internet's mauling her, and then she eagle twos the next and talks about it. I mean, it's just great. Yeah. So. Uh, and, and, you know, this, this, uh, made for TV exhibition thing suffers from none of the, 
um, whatever tension conflicts, whatever. If, if they wanted to go get Brooks and have Brooks come participate, I'm fine. Like, yeah, me too. Yeah, get get. The point is having personalities, people that can talk. Even Bryson, right? Bryson's uh, interesting. So. I, you know, yeah, if you want to make him a villain, go ahead and make him a villain. You can put He's him out interesting. there. He is yeah. interesting. Yeah. 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 They, look, they, I like, I appreciate that they're making it better. I, my recollection was the last couple were meh. Like if you asked me to talk about the last big match moment, I remember it's Tom Brady splitting his pants and saying, have a suck of that Chuck. I, but this one felt funny. You know, other than that, it, like I remember JT is the on course reporter uh, in in uh, the course in Missouri, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, I th- th- this one was really fun, and I'm glad they did it, and and I hope that they keep showing the rest of the golf world that you can evolve and change and learn and take feedback, and even in the middle of a telecast, you can get better by telling some people to shut up and some people <laughs> to talk more. Uh, that's right. All of Which those things are options. Definitely did. They definitely did. They, they definitely did. And it was the right call. Um, but yeah, so a success on a quiet Monday night. Great, great job circling that Monday night on the sports calendar. Only a handful. I, I, yeah, I do think that the takeaway for me is Rory McIlroy decided that he has to go focus on golf and that he was going to shut down everything else in his life that got in the way of that. That's not entirely true because there's the... You know the TGL stuff, and but like he, it, it all of the drama around the live PGA Tour stuff. He has effectively removed himself from the narrative, very effectively, because it, it's now just become so apparent that it's a, a a mess, and that we're a ways away from figuring out how it all gets stitched back together. And I think he probably saw that and didn't want to be the flashpoint and the lightning rod anymore. And I think removing himself. And some of the thoughtfulness of his comments since then has just freed him up to go play golf. I, House, you know I'm never going to pick him to win a major because he hasn't won a major since 2014. But I, I like the mindset that he's in. I just want to now see the results go because the first couple of events that he's been playing golf, he's shown it to us briefly. But you know, again, he's 90-plus in the FedEx Cup right now. He's got to get out there and start performing on the course. Well, you know me. Uh, <laughs> forever a Rory truther, perpetual, never ebbing, only flowing, Nate Dog. How many, if you had to guess. How many Masters bets on Rory have you made? Yes, yes, yes. I put the over under at six. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I won't say the increment in terms of the amount that I bet at a time. No. But right now, it's sitting at three units. It's a three-unit bet on Rory. Right. And the odds are terrible. Like, don't That's never what I'm saying. But this. once you don't get some it. props and some head-to-heads, you will put at least six units on I'll a get Rory. There. I'll, yes. I'll, I'll ultimately get there. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, it'll be some combination. Finishing positions, head-to-heads, birdies Everything. in the rounds. Because all of it. You're going to see him now, and, and you're going to see all the good guys. That's what's going to be really fun about the lead into the Masters, is we're going to have two events at big boy courses with big boy fields in March, leading up to the Masters at API and the Players, where we're really going to get to see these guys perform and see what kind of shape they're actually in. Well, there's two guys that we are not going to see at uh, uh, Augusta. We're mm. not going to see what kind of shape they're in. 
One of them is Taylor Gooch, mm, and he has some things that. to say ab- ab- about that. He wants to put an asterisk next to whoever wins this upcoming um, Masters, which is a you know um, our buddy KVV Kevin Val- Van Valkenburg on the No Laying Up broadcast channel um, made the observation today with everybody dunking on Taylor Gooch, and, he, and the, the poor guy uh, I, can't I, get out of his own way. That yeah. that he is a a very charming like in person and good interview kind of person. He just can't get out of his own yeah. way. But, I think that's it. Listen, but, he's good buddies with Max. Like, I, I think that the the behind the scenes feedback on Taylor Gooch is all good. I think he, he just, just yeah. W- why is he talking? Nobody. I, why? I, why does he have to say anything? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I don't know. It's it's a really good question. It just. I think there's some level of self awareness about it all. He he was that sort of rising star. He got the win, took the money. And then I, I, it feels like he's one of the guys who doesn't like the consequences. Like John Rahm in that interview this week, he understands yeah. the consequences. He he knows and he wants it to work out and he's got faith that it will. But he understands that he made a choice to play less golf and make more money and that there are some consequences that comes with that. Seems like Brooks kind of understood that. Seemed like DJ definitely, you know, <laughs> didn't even care, but definitely understood that. Bryson going on podcasts talking about how they've fulfilled every single requirement if you look at the handbook for the world golf rankings so crazy. So, so what's up That's and a crazy and person talking ta- taylor with some 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 miss some i think some you know in hindsight some statements that he probably didn't mean in the way they're being interpreted let's put it that way i'm not sure he meant hey because i'm not in there's an asterisk right i think he's thinking about the yes. entirety of the right. field and and then you know. And then the, you know, any any sentient human being with access to the internet could do what the no laying up guys did. Solly po- posted, here are the here's everybody. Here's the right. list. Yep. And you know, the here's yep. who's missing out. It's Bo yep. Hostler, it's yep. Benny On. It's yes. like a handful of the of names of more of that PGA caliber. tour guys are not getting in <laughs> if you use rankings outside the uh, outside yeah. the the world yeah. golf rankings. You know, on the other hand, it is true that these PGA Tour tournaments, not saying the majors, but definitely these PGA Tour tournaments are missing some of the big guys. That is my takeaway from the West Coast Swing is there was, <laughs> there was something about Rom not being there. I I'm not going to make fun of you. No shit. He, he's I, the, the defending effing champion at I, Riv. I, I, but, and he but didn't I, play there. Yeah, but like I didn't miss DJ the first year and I even was okay without Brooks and Bryson, although like I love having Brooks in the majors. It just, in that moment in time, Brooks hadn't been a real factor on PGA on the PGA Tour because of his injury, and when he was healthy, he really didn't even fucking try in PGA Tour events. He only tried in the majors. Rom leaving, and you know, we've talked about this, but like it, it does feel like there's just a void. It, it let's let's. I want to I want to take you down a path for for two minutes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're gonna get her back. It's gonna to, undercut to, the players for me. Is where I'm going, man. I, I, I know for sure, for you sure. Know, you know, there's a luster. Fun. We're looking for that luster. Um, Eamon Lynch on the Golf Channel today had a conversation with George Savarikas. We're taping this Tuesday evening, uh, as we do. And he made the observation that with um, where things seem to stand right now. 2027. Yes, exactly. The process in terms of these two tours figuring out. There's an urgency that's been lost. 
Well, and Rom jumping over was one element of it, and this infusion of capital from the the SSG, the strategic, the great um, sports strategic thinkers. And by the way, at some point, I'm not sure which show I'm going to do it on. It is kind of funny that it's this that the particular group of of um, in, investors in this thing. You could point to <laughs> a number of them and say, "Oh, these are the geniuses that are going to solve your problems." Yes. This motherfucker yes. that ruined the Red Sox, he took like one of the iconic brands on planet Earth and put a giant shit in a bag and gave it to Red Sox Nation and said, oh, here, here's here's what I think of of your uh, 100 plus years of emotional investment in this thing. It's this giant poop in the bag that has Mookie, um, you know, traces playing in it. for my team. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Playing for the Dodgers. Exactly right. In any event, that's a show for another day. We will have fun with it. But I just wanted to get your reaction to what Eamon laid out there, which is no deal imminent, no deal likely this year, yeah. tours operating side by side for the foreseeable future, how long it will take for the two sides to to come together um, and, and work out how they can cohabitate. Um, but in the absence of, of urgency, it's probably a long way off. Yeah. You agree with this? I, I I do, and 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 it's based on two things. I mean, the rom the rom jump will go down as one of the biggest moments in this whole saga because it either was going to be the forcing function that brought it all together, or it was going to be the thing that created long stagnation. And <laughs> in part because there was probably some hope among the leadership at the PIF and Liv that Rom coming over, now we can really hold on. Now this is going to do it. And and it's going to be like a, you know, a, a land war in Asia that we're just going to go and go and go and hold out. It's going to take forever. And, you know, uh, w- there's going to be a lot of attrition and casualties, but maybe in over the course of years we'll win. I, I So so the, the ROM thing was the first thing. And when it didn't force everybody together to suddenly galvanize around whatever that document was from June 6th uh, that Jay and, and his eminence took on television together, w- when that didn't happen, you knew, okay, behind the scenes, we were hearing about seven or eight private equity groups pitching to be the U.S. solution and that was Jay going and getting leverage and saying, look, I, I have to, you know, we talked, again, I don't know why it took so long, but they went out and got the leverage. And now that they have the money, the urgency isn't there. They now have a case that they've made to all the existing players that they can be extremely wealthy by staying on the tour. If people still make the ch- choice to jump and leave, there's nothing they could have done. But, um, but, but you know, the, the, the thing for me was hearing about over the first couple events, what was actually being talked about on the player uh, advisory council board and how there was so much negotiation still happening about basic governance message, uh, uh, measures related to just this U.S. investment. How do the players get input? What can they veto? What can't they veto? How do they measure, hire, fire a commissioner, for example? Until those baseline things are sorted, you can't even begin to talk about what's the path to bring players from live back and enter them into that equation and give them full or partial rights of voting in and out of commission and all that second, third, eighth order things that have to come. You just realize that the hornet's nest that the tour was built upon, pulling that apart and trying to create a healthy, functional company, it's going to take way longer than anyone thought. And therefore, 
this year, everybody has clear conditions of competition that are about what they qualify for next year, which means until the full merger between Liv and PGA Tour is put together, you can't pull the rug out from the players and say, psych, these conditions have totally changed. You got 156, 200 guys playing under a set of rules right now on the PGA Tour, assuming that they're qualifying for things in 2025. So if they don't get it together until 2025, the earliest that you're going to be able to actually create something is for the following year. And that's going to be 2027. Yeah, I I do wonder if one of the pathways um, that's out there is that the Saudi money comes in as just a sort of um, basic investment in yep. the new for-profit entity, and then you sort out the tour aspects yeah. later. But that that has to be up. It's up to his his eminence how yeah. important that is to him and how important his membership at St. Andrews yeah, is. And, and there that's... are some changes they can make. Again, if they just change Valspar and Valero to, to increase the number of people who could qualify, presumably that means that you know they can open the door a little bit more. It's just creating preference for the live players over guys who a full year and a half ago had a set of rules that they were applying, you know, that they were applying and playing to try to qualify for is hard. So that that's that's going to be the challenge that they have and it may be solved through some super league where the best 25 guys or 30 guys on the PGA Tour can opt out of events and opt into the Super League. Th- that might be the way to solve it. That could get done sooner, but there are still baseline governance issues that have to be worked out. And I think Eamon's a- hearing exactly what has been talked about in player dining, which is, man, we got a long way to go to figure some of this shit out. And the urgency is gone. Rom's gone. We have money. Everyone in this room now has equity and ownership in something that's going to matter to them that's going to be worth potentially millions of dollars. So there's there's not the, hey, what happens to me? Where's my share? Now, and the people who are left are pretty dug in, House. That's the well, other Well, this piece. is, here's my question on that front, though. It's only worth something if it's worth something. And what I mean is, yeah. why should we watch? Why Why should I watch? What compelling entertainment value is being provided you know the things that that have drawn the you know uh the the the, um u.s the global um consuming sports public to professional golf how are you gonna get there that's what norman is playing for now he doesn't need to win it's a it's a red herring for us to talk about live ratings because all that needs to happen is for the pga tour to lose and they're going to have to get back together with Liv. What so does th- lose mean? Lose means we look at the ratings at the players and at the API this year and at the other elevated events, Hartford, Wells Fargo, and they're down. Okay. Suddenly people realize after the Masters that the good golf is only at the majors, so why would I pay attention? So that at those elevated events in, in, in May and in June after people get a taste of what it looks like when all the guys are together, ratings go down because they don't really care. They're only going to pay attention for the stuff. That's when the tour... There we go. That's what Norman's playing for. He doesn't need you to watch over there. He just needs you to stop watching here, and then there's going to be a meeting of the minds. Yeah, that's right, because the the talent is is the thing. Speaking of the talent being the thing, we started this line of discussion, you know, a couple minutes ago um, with the lead-in being the return of Anthony Kim, who is playing, making his debut, his professional uh, return, his uh, 
he 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 has risen. <laughs> he is reincarnated. <laughs> you you tweeted about wait till you see him. It was a it was a cryptic tweet that you put out there. Uh, now you and I have had the benefit of of seeing a current version of of Anthony Kim. Yes. We've got some seen some footage and some of the 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 comeback. Um, you know, sort of detail that's out there. Um, what are your expectations? Nobody's going to be able to watch it unless until you know you get. If you have your live uh, app, you can watch the replay of it. Yeah, you, they'll they'll show the replay on the CW. But we're not gonna. I'm not waking up at three in the morning to watch Anthony Kim. No, I, I think people will pay attention. Look, I, all I meant by that was I think the man the man's been through a lot. It's his yes. story to tell. Yes. Uh, and and I think I I actually personally wish that he'd gone out and told that story before coming back and playing golf because I think it would have galvanized a lot more people to be interested in him and supportive of him. And I think that you know uh, he wears the trauma of his life. And so let let's see. It is it is objectively weird that they've made all these announcements and he's coming back and they've showed some video from far away on the range of his swing. Every other live announcement has come with like a guy in a letterman's jacket and all kinds of pictures and stuff it doesn't seem like that's what they're doing for anthony kim anthony kim still seems to prefer to be a little bit of a ghost and we'll see if you know we learn a little bit more about him this weekend look i'm rooting for him house i i just would say it's been a long time professional golf is hard, hard. what do you expect this weekend yeah the uh, well i'll tell you i was hunting for uh bookmakers offering odds AK's in any way shape or form he's just he's not listed you can't you can't bet there's no scenario under which you can i i haven't been able to find head to heads or or anything reflecting you know he's not even listed as a potential um winner in a couple of the books that i checked i mean you and i had heard that he was hitting his 10 year old nike irons right as recently as a few months ago yes so yes. who knows yes. what's true? Because again, this is a ghost and, and it's, it's, it's a bit like seeing Bigfoot. I mean, listen, this is a man, first of all. There's a man who's been through a lot and who has a story to tell and it's much bigger than golf. And I hope, again, I hope that he gets to tell it because it feels like there's a lot that he can, uh, yeah, I think he can help other people with what, he's, what, what we understand that he's gone through. Um, that said, if we're talking about the golf, whew, I mean, let's just say if he finishes... Were there going to be fifty guys in this tournament? I I didn't um, do the investigation to see. That sounds right. <laughs> I mean, a top thirty would be eyebrows going up. Wow, for astonishing. Me. I my over under for him, whatever the number is. I don't think he finishes outside of the bottom five. He might beat one person, but I think it's going to be Chase. Kept no, he's not playing. Yeah, Chase is out. It's going to be like one of those. Is James Piot still? There, there, still there's in there's that fifty. Thing? There's fifty four players in this 54. event. There's, there's thirteen four man teams and two wild card players, and it's it's Hud uh, Hudson Swafford and Anthony Kim. Oh, I well Hudson Swafford's won on tour at least once in the last five years. The PGA yeah. Tour, Hudson Swafford. I had no idea that he was on Live. I really sorry, Huddy, missed yeah. you. Not yeah. at all. I am hoping that he does well. And I do think I'm not going to wake up and watch it. It is weird again that he chose to do this over in Jeddah. It just suggests that, hey, there's a lot of, like with all the guys who go to live, if you really pull it apart, 
at the core, it's about money, right? Yes, it, and, for sure. And so if you were really doing this right and reintroducing him, you would be coming in with clothing sponsor. You would be coming in with advertising campaigns. You'd have photographs of the player yeah, you instead would, of just yeah. stuffing him into the desert. I mean, you, there would be a whole comprehensive like re-assimilation, reintroduction yeah. to the to the person. Like the what the reason that he's legendary is because of of the swagger, because of the character, because of his charisma, his riz, Nate yes. Dog. Yes. And we're we get maybe we'll get some of that. You know, they 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 do permit um chats on on the live broadcast is, is actually one of the things that I enjoy. They don't interrupt them, they don't do a side by side with a commercial. You can actually hear the guys have a conversation and it's, you know, you learn yeah. uh, a little something. Um, right. He wants this. This is to be fair, like the lowest cost option, right? Like there are no stakes right. whatsoever. None. He just took a gigantic check. There are no stakes. So if he's terrible yeah. from now all the way through with however many events he plays, it, re- it just really won't matter. Yeah. Right? From, from a sporting perspective, this would be a little bit like Barry Sanders or Andrew Luck coming back, right? And and playing, except like with no buildup and none of the... I mean, those are two guys who felt like stepped away sooner than you thought. You didn't get the full explanation for why. They kind of disappeared at least for a while. We're starting to see Captain Andrew Luck back, whatever. But like to not actually do it in a way that accelerates your brand. Like if you were CMO of Anthony Kim, you wouldn't do it this way. No, no. And unless the check was big enough, maybe the check was big enough. Yeah. Right? But it, but but to get to our previous conversation, it does feel like Norman's sitting there with a t-shirt cannon full of money and he's just shooting it into the air and trying to throw every firework that he has as a grand finale right now in this moment to try to force through a settlement and a deal. And if that doesn't work, then suddenly, again, you're in a land war in Asia where it's a bit of a staring contest. And thank God, the fans will actually have a vote. Because if you don't watch in between the majors, the PGA Tour is going to have to do something faster. If you do, I don't know what the motivation is or the, the urgency for the tour to get something done. So let, let's see. I mean, again, it's all up to the quality of that television product. I mean, Norman did say that he's tried super hard and he keeps trying to get Hideki. He really would like to get Hideki. Of course he does. And, you and, get and the and continent, it, of, you, you get the you, country of Japan if you, you do. Get Japan, exactly right. That that makes the most sense yeah, sure. to me. Hey, hey, birdie buddies, line up your first win when you bet the PGA Tour on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. We are finally on the Florida swing. We're down at PGA National this week. The Cognizant Open used to be known as the Honda. The Nate Dog and I are looking at horses for courses. And we are on players like Russell Henley, players like Shane Lowry, looking at a little Sung J.M. Don't be afraid of Eric Cole. These are all guys you can play in finishing positions. You can play in head-to-heads. Why don't you put a little bit down for them to win outright? While you place your bets, you can track every shot live in the app and watch select par three 
polls. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Rollin and take a swing at an extra 150 bucks. FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Quick disclaimer, you must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required. The bonus is issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Speaking of events that might not get watched, should we talk about the cognizant ghost Honda open that's happening this week? Yeah. Speaking of Japan, the used to be Honda open, uh, Honda's a Japanese con- company, right? Yeah, get that right. Yeah, I got it right. Um, they they wisely made the decision to get out of the business of propping up the tour um, at an event that guys grew accustomed to skipping. They're not skipping it this year. It's a pretty no. good field. Yes, uh, we've got Rory, we've got Matt Fitzpatrick, we've got Cam Young, we've got Tom Kim. We thought we might have a chat with Tom Kim, but Tom Kim's playing golf this week instead. Nate Dog, Adam Scott, like I just mentioned, uh, you know, a handful of major winners right there. Um, Chris Kirk defending. Eric Cole is back. Um, Russell Henley always does week? well here. Yeah, I mean, you know, good, good, good strength of field. This is one of the toughest golf courses uh, on tour. They they changed one of the holes. It is now par seventy one. Yeah. Um. It is. There are. There's water. On 15 everywhere. of the holes, um, it's dog legs everywhere. You take It takes driver out of the guy's hands. Only yeah. 50%, slightly more than 50% of the time, guys hitting driver, which is one of the, the fewest uh, uh, sort of ratios on, on, on any uh, tour event. Um, and there's a handful of horses for courses that, that you know, we'll get to. Um, how are you sizing this one up? It's Rory. We're going to see Rory, uh, you know, in, in, in Florida. He didn't cover himself in glory at Riv, um, no. but it still looked like he was kind of just, made, you know, finding finding form is the way we'll put it. Yeah, it's it's hard just having seen so many long odds guys win tournaments to start to focus because you have a a strong top of the odds board and then it gets diluted again. So it's it's hard to know whether to bet the trend or not. I'll say this course is. It, it, the winning score last year was 14 under. This course is going to play easier this year. It's going to play, unless weather comes in and it's a big factor, the rough is down a little bit. And the hardest par four, one of the hardest par fours on tour, which I think is the 10th hole, has been turned into a par five, which will be fairly easy in terms of its length. Right. So you're going to see numbers that are a little bit lower 
than what we're used to here. That said, there is water everywhere. And, you know, there's guys who've bet Benny on all the way up into the 20 to ones to win this thing thing. But, you know, Benny on is one of those guys who's prone to make a mistake every now and then. Right. So you gotta, you gotta look at this, uh, at this, uh, at this course and know it is a shot makers course for sure. It's a tough course to gain strokes off the tee. It's a tough course to gain strokes on approach, but it is, it is approach play this week, as opposed to last week where we knew Jake Knapp was going to come in and he could gunsling around that place with no consequences. Ain't going to happen this week for anybody with the big stick. I mean, as much as we love seeing Rory stripe drives, as you said, he's probably not going to have that club on over half the times where he could, uh, where, where, you know, where he's not on part three. So th- this is going to be about ball striking and house, what do you see? I mean, I look the the thing that's jumping out for me on the odds board this week is is Sung J M. Oh, interesting. And and, and it, it, I didn't really get behind it until yeah, I'm looking at his stats. Yeah, we saw him come out at, at the century in T five, and he looked terrific. And he's had a missed cut at Tory, and two sixty T sixty sixes at Pebble in Phoenix, and a T forty four at Genesis. He just has not been himself. And it has been shots gained approach. He's just lost shots gained approach ever since the century. It doesn't, it like, I think, and here's my theory. I, you and I joked about the fact that I saw him in the gym at the Amex. He took pictures, uh, Riv Week, I believe, with JT and Spieth in the gym. Sungjae's losing some weight and his body's changing a little bit. And I oh. think, I think, the, the thing about a golf swing is your body is a perpetually moving machine, right? And I think his golf swing is changing a little bit with the strength that he's gaining and some of the weight that he's lost. I don't think that is a permanent thing. And I think as he comes to this course where he's had some success, this could be a week where he jumps in. You're not going to see too many times when Sung JM has fallen to 40 to 1 to win a golf tournament. One of the things I like that play. I mean, you know, when, when do you want to? What are the circumstances under which it makes sense to lay off Sungjae? It doesn't occur very um, often because he's he's more often than not, you know, consistent. So you you give a little sprinkle. You make sure you have your position Look covered. At the top 10. With some, yeah, yeah, right. Um, I'm gonna do uh, a couple things in the first place. Uh, the guys are on Bermuda greens. This is you know the firm and fast Bermuda the Florida Bermuda that some guys absolutely adore. One of those guys, classic uh, horse for course, Russell Henley. You're going to hear mm-hmm. Russell Henley oh, if wow. you haven't already been doing that. Uh, he he won here. Three of his tour, three of his four wins on tour on Bermuda. He has 20 career top five finishes. 14 of those are on Bermuda. So you got to like just make sure you've got some Russell Henley position built in to this week. Shane Lowry, got to have a little Shane Lowry because yeah, been a tough you know, start for him, but yeah, but look, we, we kind of were in this spot, um, last year, you yeah. know, looking at him, him coming in and they just put up a, a, another top five because the place suits him. Par can be hard here. He's the right kind of, of, uh, animal for that. Keith Mitchell, um, is a guy, another guy who won here, and a guy that we associate with um, good uh, a good tee ball, that the, the driver is his weapon, but he didn't need driver when he won here a handful of years ago. He just had an extraordinary um, ball striking performance yep. in Mexico. So yep. uh, Keith Mitchell on the card. 
Eric Cole, not going to leave him off. He, this he was made his coming out last party year. last year. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So you got to build a card. You're going to put some names into some finishing positions. If you want a top 20, some of those names, if you want to parlay a couple together there, there's some action that that's just to make sure you cover the field, Nate dog. Yeah. And I think even look as, as, as top heavy as this field is, you can look down and there's some things that stuck out to me. I mean, Danny Berger. Yeah. I like it. Last time we saw him at this course, he was solo fourth and there are signs he's back. He gained over a shot on approach in both Amex and Phoenix. It had just been the putter that was struggling, but he did gain strokes there in Phoenix. He's plus 190 for a top 20, had an opening 66 in Phoenix en route to a T28. We talked about Doug Gim. He's he's gone T13, T12, T8 his last couple times out. He's 11th in shots gained total this year, gained over a stroke and a third on approach last week, and he's gained on approach in each of, each of his least last three times out. He's sitting there at like plus 250 for a top 20. Um, Bobby Mack, for crying out loud, was yeah. is plus 400 for a top 20 after last week's T6. He's struggled a little bit as he's gotten on to t- the tour, but this is a Ryder Cup player, and he's coming into Florida. I, I just think y- if you're playing momentum, plus 400 for a guy who just T6 to, who has held up under Ryder Cup pressure is pretty interesting. Well, let's let's make sure that we add in the, the added um, incentive. Luke Donald in the broadcast booth, in the broadcast for, booth. for this. So that that might yep. might provide some uh, semblance of comfort, you know, channel some of those good Ryder Cup vibes for Bobby, Bobby Mack, right? No doubt, no doubt. And it's a President's Cup year, and that's why I think Christian Bezadenhut and and the Beezer, as we call him, is a guy you got to look at this week. He was second at Tory. We know that because he took, or sorry, at Amex because he he took home the first place money that Nick Dunlap uh, abdicated. But his approach play has been stellar. He's sitting there right now at plus 250 for a top 20. In his five starts this year, he's gained 2.15, 1.38, 2.13, 1.26, 1.16 strokes on the field on approach. Uh, he's got a second and three top 30s. Off the tee has been the issue, but it's really been more about his distance is why he hasn't gained shots off the tee. His accuracy has actually been pretty strong, and it certainly wasn't his last, his last start. So you're going to see a lot of Beezer bets here, but... I, plus two fifty for a top twenty, I like. Yeah, I um going down the board, couple names jumping out at me. Sam Ryder, you see his name show up in a, in a few places. Three missed cuts in in his last four starts, um, mm-hmm. which you know has him uh you know d- down the dance card. You're looking at you know one hundred fifty to one or, or or better, and in in DFS, you know a, a bare minimum salary but he is a bermuda monster he absolutely loves putting on bermuda and he's got um a couple of very good performances at this uh, event he didn't play it last year after his um good uh you know turn of fortune out on the west coast swing but mm-hmm. sam Ryder playing this event this this week and uh one of those those just bermuda- don't cut to his mom mid-round if he's winning <laughs> and then I'm interested in um, Chan Kim. Did Mark Hubbard play with Chan Kim this past uh, weekend? He, he did. And 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 you know, big dog, big dog. So this is this is what 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 caught my interest. There has been some uh, uh, corollary between this venue and Wiley out at the Sony Open. Um, and Chan Kim has under on his resume a 64 at the Sony. In, in January, uh, and then we saw him on the first page of uh, the leaderboard 
in in Mexico, give me a little bit of uh, boots on the ground review of Chan Kim. Well, he didn't drive it quite like you would expect, given the hoss uh, of of his weight and and height. But boy, he was uh, consistent and resilient and hung in there through the whole weekend and actually got off to not a great start uh, on Saturday, but then fought his way back in the round and it carried him all the way through to Sunday. So uh, he's a uh, he's a tough player, and this you certainly, if you're looking at momentum. This is one of those guys alongside the Bobby Max of the world where you go, I, I really like what I saw coming into the weekend there. If he carries it over uh, with, the, with the approach play, could be a good week. Uh, I have two other names, and then uh, I'll let you have the, the final word. Going to play a little Matt Fitzpatrick. I feel like you're getting a little value, plus 320 for him to top 10. He is that, you know, he didn't play great at Riv. Uh, in fact, I, he... He was one of the guys that missed the cut at, at Riv. Um, but he has this this track record of, first of all, very good on Bermuda. But uh, second of all, if if par is a good score, you like some some Matt Fitzpatrick exposure. And then Carson Young, um, who uh, I'm looking at just a top 20 play, plus 400 uh, to top 20. Um, and if you want to, you know, expand your exposure to Carson. You can play him a plus 200 for a top 40. Um, his ball striking at this place is good. And he had um, a nice performance in Mexico. So if you're looking for a little bit of form and a guy with uh, some comfort at this venue, Carson Young could jump onto your dance card. Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, that feels like a wrap to me. I think the one thing just to note is Stefan Yeager has figured out how to be a professional golfer. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. he really struggled. I think he kept bouncing up and down between the KFT. You know, he came off as KFT money winner, and just kind of struggled with with the season. And it's kind of always been that way through his pro career. He's been he's been out here a little while. Turned pro in 2012, but uh, he seems to be figuring it out. I mean, T three at Farmers, he was in a position to win, and he didn't have the best Sunday there. But the T three at Mexico just tells me. Guys playing really good, yeah. solid, consistent golf, and and that's coupled with even in the fall, he had he had a number of T twenty fives that suggest you know he he's he's really starting to play consistent. It has been a long time since he has been cut. I mean, the last cut was April sixteenth at the RBC Heritage, so he has got one of the longest consecutive made cut streaks on tour right now. It, 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 one of these days, this is the guy who could potentially break out of the field and get a win. He, he's getting enough reps up at the top of the leaderboard. He knows what it feels like now. I like what you're putting down, Nate Dog. So there we go, my birdie buddies, my eagle enthusiasts, my par-saving pals. What was that? A, a dozen names? 14 names? Build a card. Um, best of luck. We are about to really get moving here on the uh, professional golf calendar um best of luck to anybody that tries to set their clock to wake up in the middle of the night to watch anthony kim i'm sure they'll feature him um quite quite a bit but we will be back on this channel next week with a full review of the used to be called honda classic our preview of the arnold palmer invitational some early takes perhaps on Season two of that show on Netflix, The Full Swing. Uh, lots of stuff happening in the professional golf world 
if you are on the East Coast, one of the things happening in the regular guy and gal golf world is warm temperatures. I think I might be playing tomorrow, Nate Dog. It's like 65 degrees uh, in on, on February the 28th out here on the East Coast. If you, my birdie buddies, are able to throw a peg into the ground, please, let's hit them straight out there. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in the following states. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan. New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT-STEP to 53342. In Connecticut, call 1-888-789-7777 or visit CCPG dot org slash chat 1-800-9 with it in indiana in kansas 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in louisiana 1-877-770-STOP visit mdgamblinghelp.org in maryland Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. In Massachusetts, hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call in New York, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY again in New York.